All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. A lot happening in the news, folks. For those of you who aren't paying close attention, uh, New Zealand's leadership, uh, their prime minister, has made the announcement that they will be banning not uh, not just some military-style firearms. They're talking about all semi-automatics. They're talking about all semi-automatic components. They're talking about shotguns. They're talking about handguns. They're talking about everything. For everybody out there that said that there was absolutely no way they would be coming after, you know, uh, all our guns, uh, I'd like to tell you right now, begin eating your hat because it started. Uh, New Zealand is uh, not too far away in terms of its mindset as it relates to uh, firearm legislation uh, from from that of Canada. And, you know, in in many ways, uh, certainly Brian and I have had our discussions uh, looking at the outline gun laws and regulations uh, that surround New Zealand and how we thought uh, that there was a lot there that could be uh, learned from uh, from their rules and regulations, uh, their uh, their multi-tiered system, uh, whereby people could own different types of firearms. Uh, looking at the event itself, you know, I, I'm told that there may have been some steps skipped in the screening process as it related to getting that madman uh, his license uh, before he committed that act. And I mean, we know now that he obtained his license uh, just a few months prior doing that and that he did obtain and i won't hide from that fact he did obtain his firearms legally uh there is however some uh some talk of uh, some steps being missed uh, missed rather in the uh, selection process uh and, and his candidacy may have been uh, there may have been some things that were overlooked uh that his references may have been online references that there was no home visit Right to his house uh, to take a close look at you know the environment he lives in which is apparently the norm and uh, with the with that in mind, you know, Brian and I having our conversations about New Zealand and their talks uh, and, the, and their legislation uh, as it relates to firearms and ownership, private ownership. Uh, at this stage, you know, looking at how quickly New Zealand has reacted to this and knowing full well that uh, Billy Blair and Ralph Goodale are looking to make an announcement and they haven't eliminated any possibility. Uh, they're willing to explore any and all reasonable, as they put it, options uh, as it relates to the improvement of public safety through changes to the Firearms Act. Uh, I think I think personally, I think the reaction to an event like this has been planned for quite some time. I think that uh, this is something that they've been looking at. If you want my predictions, and I mean, I've made quite a few. I mean, I have, I've had my, my discussions, if you want to call them that, with uh, lobby group leaders. Uh, I remember one in particular. Uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, I spoke with one lobby group leader in particular, and they uh, thought that I was sounding some false alarms by saying that the SKS was going to get banned. They uh, thought that there was no link at all between you know corporate and business and uh, politics as it relates to firearms. Nothing could be further from the truth. I hope they understand that by now, uh, that it was pretty a, a pretty naive kind of perspective of the world uh, as it relates to politics and firearms. Now, uh, you know, if you think that we're not going to follow suit quickly behind New Zealand, I think that you would be wrong. Uh, for everybody out there that says that they don't have time, I say when, uh, when they want something done and when they have majority power, uh, they can get things done. 
And ultimately, I saw, you know, centralized storage being discussed many, many minutes ago, and you could see the writing on the wall. I remember approaching Mark Holland and saying, you're barking up the wrong tree with the centralized storage. And I saw the way he looked at me. He could see that I could see the end game. And that was something that was uh, very evident to me. I've talked about that before, and I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. I think that they're going to attempt to execute a uh, similar style ban, uh, first stopping the sales uh, of all business-related items uh, that are firearms. uh, (laughs) And then they're going to move on to... And I understand New Zealand's already uh, prepping people for this. Uh, police officers going to door door to door. Now, do we have the resources in Canada? Do our law enforcement have the ability to go door to door? Yeah, sure they do. You know, you could argue that they don't, but yeah, sure they do. Over time, over time, a lot of people don't know it, but uh, the action team was going around door to door, knocking on doors, and uh, speaking to people that had yet to hand in their prohibited firearms once they had been banned. Years later, just slowly, you know, quietly. You know, knocking on doors and making themselves useful. Uh, I can tell you right now that if you think it's impossible to believe that they would go door to door, we don't have the luxury of a Second Amendment here in Canada. We don't have the ability to sit there and say, I have a right to own these firearms uh, because it isn't a right enshrined by law. Uh, that's we, something we don't have the right to own property. Yeah, and and this is and this that's, is where that's important to remember, right? Yeah, and you it, don't have the right to property in this country. And for those of you that recognize the voice of my number one political man, uh, podcast Brian is joining us today. Brian, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) My pleasure, Mark. Brian, what are your thoughts on what's going on? I stand by my statement, the first podcast we did. They're coming after everything. And, um, you know, for all the, the people out there who say, well, you know, no one needs to own a handgun and no one needs to own a a semi-auto. Come on, you military guys. You just got to relax. You all want to play Call of Duty on the range and, you know, just it's fine for target shooting. You have your target rifles. I'll tell you right now, the next thing that's going to come is they will be after the hunting rifles. And if remember the way they will do that is they will say no one really needs to hunt here if you live on a farm or you live in a on a nation or you're you know you're far up north that's different but you know there is no one from the southern tip of canada up until maybe the the you know the the bottom of the arctic circle who really needs to hunt for their food they can go to a supermarket and get their food and therefore hunting is unnecessary and harmful to the environment and therefore you don't need hunting rifles And if you don't think that can happen, you haven't been paying attention because I'll tell you right now, the military rifles and the, and the handguns, I, I honestly believe that by this election, their fate will be sealed. Um, that's not to say they're genuinely going to have the time to get their hands on all of them, but I think the process will be in place whereby either the legislation will be proposed or it will be enacted whereby a complete ban on semi-automatic rifles and handguns will be in place. And I, I don't think that's that's uh, unlikely at all. And, and here's the problem. Once it's in place, um, it will put a great deal of pressure on the opposition uh, not to undo it because all that has to happen is they they undo it or they propose something different and there's another one of these mass shootings and they're the bad guys. So, you know, the, the, the danger for anyone who wants to give us any more latitude in our gun laws, um, 
is is so great. People don't give enough credit to the Harper government who who came up with a common sense way to go about the ATT and who and tried to maintain some kind of uh, reasonableness in in the oversight that was that was managing Canadian gun laws. I still hear people out there going, "Well, you know, this is all Harper's fault because he didn't repeal the act and he didn't do this and he didn't do that." You have to realize that if that had happened and anything bad had happened, that government would never have a chance of getting in ever again. So, you know, for those of you who want to see the uh, the corrupt liberals out, you you've got one choice. You know, you, you've got one choice to. Make Make sure that that group gets out and uh, you, you got to volunteer, you got to donate and you got to vote wisely because uh, there's uh, there's a very, very little. I say we have about a five percent chance to retain our shooting, our shooting sports in this country at this stage. I say we're at about five percent. And you know what? And I'm going to chime in right now by telling you this, that uh, I see a lot of people, uh, I think, operating underneath some misconceptions. And it's going to echo some of your uh, your sentiments there. I see a lot of people that say, well, this government's gone and you know what we're going to vote them out next election anyway we'll just roll it back and and some people are operating under the misconception that it will be that simple and that it will be a process that that, that can happen instantaneously uh first of all uh one if we split the vote and if max garners any kind of attention this election we could we could be in trouble uh not only could we lose the election but uh even even if uh, we have a minority government. They can slow a process down to the point where we we will continuously be losing uh, what I like to call rights. I don't care what anybody says because uh, just because they've called it a privilege doesn't mean that it's not a right. I mean, I have I have, I have a right to own property. I really do believe that if I've worked hard, and I mean this applies to anybody. This isn't just gun owners, and I and I hope that everybody listening out there isn't just thinking of uh, this situation as it relates to firearms only. I want you to think about it in its totality as it relates to privately owned property. I don't like, and it's funny because like, I mean, I'm, I'm on my way here and uh, would you believe that I can't put air in the tire of my car without somebody stopping me and saying, I know who you are and, you know, thank you and, and pointing to the window in their car and seeing, you know, a CCFR sticker and, and knowing right, that there are, are people out there and they're everywhere. I mean, I can't go through a lineup uh, in the checkout section of the supermarket without somebody knowing who I am and or, uh, you know, being pro-firearms or being pro-freedom, more importantly. And I want everybody out there listening to to imagine a world where the government can suddenly say to you, uh, we don't think you should be allowed to own your car. We don't think you should be able to, allow, you know, should be allowed to own your house, right? Because that's effectively what they're doing. They're saying that all the work that you put into uh, you know, your job, right? The, the blood and sweat in some situations and others, you know, just, just many, many man hours to pay for your, your things, the, the things that you enjoy and love that they can suddenly step into your life without any justifiable cause in the face of all evidence to the contrary and just take it from you. What they're basically saying is, right, they own you. And, I, and I've heard that, I've heard that spoken aloud before and it sounds a little bit extremist perhaps, but if they can suddenly take away what you've bought they literally own all the work that went into buying that item as well. Well, you know, and you've paid taxes on them and you've complied with their little regulations and, you know, it's... it's um, we are being rapidly uh, pushed out of the of the sphere of having influence on 
on the people that run things. And, you know, the thing that frustrates me, Mark, is that these people work for us. Yeah. They're oh. our employees. They answer to us. Yeah, no, you're, you know, yep, you're, so, so here's the thing, you know, I understand everyone's upset and everyone's angry right now. And we're frustrated. And, you know, the same hypocrisy that these people throw in our faces saying, you know, well, you, you can't blame everyone in one group for the actions of a few don't have a problem turning around and saying, well, we're all going to be held responsible for the actions of one, um, you know, and imagine if they applied that logic to anything oh, else. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. It is uh, ridiculous. All right. It makes me angry. Right? Uh, and, and at the risk of sounding, you know, upset because you can't be upset as a firearm owner. Right? Well, I, I, I would, I would, I would tell you, I would tell you that I feel passionately about this subject. I would never harm another individual. No, you have, we, we have to be disciplined as a group. Absolutely. And the reality is, is we have to be politically active. Yes. It's, it's, it's our only action. There is, you know, I hear some of the groups out there saying, well, we, we don't have a political affiliation. Well, you do. Because you, you, if you, you support if you support firearms ownership, you better have a political affiliation yeah. because there are political groups out there that are actively trying to disarm you. Absolutely. So, you know, get political and, and change your affiliation because, you know, if you're a liberal supporter, your party wants your guns. Yeah. And, and that's not... That's not a debate. You know, I, I, I heard people saying, you know, oh, you know, you gun owners, you you overreact. Nobody wants your guns. They want our guns, people. <laughs> Do not lie to yourself. They want your guns. So oh, oh, now well, your well, move. Well, for all for all the for all the people out there that, you know, shoot trap and skeet, uh, for the guys out there that punch paper at long hunters. range, hunters, right? They, for the people out there that don't believe that they're going to come after your guns, and this is something that you touched on earlier, and I'm going to spell it out for you right now. Uh, you know, right now they're discussing, you know, assault-style rifles, assault-style shotguns, semi-automatic. Don't think for one second that the next move isn't going to be we want to eliminate all high energy weapons. Yep, high power. They're, yep. they're going to want anything with a range, right, that can reach out there beyond, you know, say a kilometer. Well, who needs to shoot more than 300 meters? That will be the next Nobody step. Nobody needs to shoot beyond 300 because, meters because, because you know what? Any shot beyond 300 meters is unethical and, you know, the brush is in the way and all this. So, you know, you really, you're only looking at 100 yards maximum, maybe two, and, uh, you know, and and uh, a hunting tip, and that's it. And you can use a single shot bolt action for that. And uh, you know, and, and if you can't hit it with an iron sight, well, then you're you're of no use. You know, this is the thing. And they, they just turn around and they put this all in our laps. Uh, the next thing will be the motorcycles. You know, who? Well, why does anyone need to ride a motorcycle? And and honestly, think about it. Who needs to ride a, a bike that goes 350 kilometers an hour? That's you can't you can't drive it that fast anywhere in the country. You can. So so you know. Yeah, you can buy it, but it'll be governed to 100 kilometers an hour. And then, nah, we're just going to confiscate it. And, you know, and who who needs to have a house and a cottage? You know, there are so many people who don't have anything in the world. This this, this is also about financial redistribution, right? And, I mean, we're being gamed, guys. And you got to stand up for yourself and say enough's enough. And the power that we have in peacetime in a law-abiding country like Canada is to cast your vote and to throw these clowns out on the street throw them out of work make them make them you know make them have to go back to working slinging beer or whatever it is they do to friggin earn their pay because they shouldn't be sitting in parliament i don't e i don't even want 
Trudeau to be a part-time drama teacher again. I don't want him educating our youth in any way, shape, or form. Quite frankly, uh, his leadership has been a despicable, deplorable, unbelievable failure of epic proportions, biblical proportions. And that's the way I feel about it. And again, you know, back to the sniper rifles, because that's what they're going to call them. They're not going to call them hunter rifles, folks. They're going to say they're sniper rifles. So if you got a bipod on the front of your gun and you've got you've got a, a you know, a powerful optic, right? It's going to be falling into that category. They will be the next items to fall, which is why it's all the more important uh, that people get involved in this. All you guys that have been sitting on the sidelines, all the people that haven't joined a lobby group, all the people that haven't been vocal, haven't called their member of parliament, haven't written letters, haven't called Ralph Goodale's office. I remember over a year ago speaking to one of Ralph Goodale's call takers who told me quite clearly, they're not going to take your guns. And then about five months ago, I spoke to the same young lady and she denied it vehemently. I said, I said, you know, we discussed this. And she said, I never said that they I never said that they weren't going to ban things. And I, I said, oh, no, you did. And it's amazing how the story turns and gets twisted and how they would present to the public the need. Right. And for all the guys out there that are sitting there shrugging their shoulders going, man, how can they not see it? How can they not see that there's no connection between lawful, uh, lawful gun owners and criminal elements, lawful gun owners and people that commit acts of terrorism? How can they not see it? Your first mistake is actually believing that they they can be reasoned with. And this is something that you and I talked about a long time ago, Brian. Uh, Don't make the mistake of thinking that they don't see it. They know it. They know it's got nothing to do with it. Right. They're going to continue to push this agenda. And that's what you're going to have to call it, folks. I mean, it sounds a little tinfoil hat, but at the same time, uh, how often can you be right before you're no longer a tinfoil hat theorist and you're just somebody with foresight? Well, that's it. Right. I mean, again, there doesn't you don't have to be an extremist to to think that they're going to do certain things. They're 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 coming at us hard, people. So gird yourselves for a fight. That's that's all. That's you know. That's that's all that can be said at this stage. The 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 time, you know. We can educate all the people. We can educate. We can get everyone out. We want to go shooting, and everyone I've taken shooting has turned into a big shooting fan. But the fact of the matter is, they're still out there believing what they're told in the mainstream media. They're not donating to their political parties, and they're and they're not volunteering. And you know, guys, it's coming. It's coming. It's got. It's coming sooner rather than later. And and moving moving along to one last thing that I'd like to discuss. Uh, certainly. Uh, <laughs> Certainly, Jane Philpott uh, has uh, come out and has said that there's more to the SNC-Lavalin affair that needs to be discussed. Uh, certainly, Jody Wilson-Raybould has made uh, made reference to the fact that she believes that there's more that needs to be talked about. Uh, another liberal uh, caucus member has resigned. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many more people can flee the ship. All right. All these rats are jumping off the sinking boat. I don't think there's going to be anybody left standing next to Justin Trudeau come well, next election season. That's true. But remember, wounded animals, most dangerous near the end. Right. And, so, that, and I said it a while ago. They're going to try and take a good swat at us before they sure, go out the door. Sure, Because here's the thing. By the next election, the only thing the two the two things the liberals are going to have, they're going to be able to say, well, we got marijuana legalized and we got rid of the dangerous guns. And that's 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 going to be their legacy. It's all they're going to have because every. Everything else about them is just 
garbage. And, you know, so it's up to us to decide whether they have enough power left to take that swipe at us and take our guns or not. And, well, and you, got, you got Senator uh, Mary Lou McFedrin making the comment that we have limited time left, folks. We need to do something about this. We want to ban uh, added, uh, to, it amended to the C-71. And, uh, of course, Ralph Goodale makes the comment that it is not within the scope of C-71 to add that amendment at this stage. Uh, she's reminding them that there's a limited amount of time left Folks, I'm thinking that they're going to jam it through. They're, I think so. I think they're going to jam it through. I think, well, well what have they got to lose? Uh, for, like, for, they, they'd be idiots not to do it. Because right now, anybody who's mad at them is is mad at them. And, you know, the only thing that'll bring some of these people back is to say, well, you know what? If it gets rid of the guns, I'll vote for their dirty, corrupt asses again just to get the guns uh, off the streets. And uh, because there are some people out there who who are so filled with self-righteousness and, uh, you know, that whole social justice uh, um uh, warrior mentality that they, they think that that's a, a worthy exchange. We'll get the guns off. We'll get the guns out of the hands of gun owners uh, at the cost of you know voting in a, a dirty, corrupt, third world, a banana republic government. And, was- and, and 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 we are guys. Like let's be very clear here. Right now we have nothing on you know uh, any other country that has been accused of corruption. Venezuela, you know the the uh, elections in. Um, in uh, uh, Russia and, and all that kind of stuff, I mean, there's no difference. So, well, we, we can we can certainly pull our head out of the clouds and get off our high horses because we are the beautiful Canada that we once had is not that anymore. It's rapidly declining. The quality of our healthcare, the quality of our education, the power of our economy, our standard of living, it's all declining. And now the 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 nature of our democracy and the nature of our freedoms are are they're being washed away uh, through a a, a, a friggin' torrent of of urine that's being pissed <laughs> down on us by the by these by these pigs at the trough and uh you know it's disgusting well and you know i i'd hate i'd hate to point out that venezuela once upon a time was actually uh, a strong nation and they they were not right the uh cesspool that they are today when i say cesspool i mean it's 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 in rapid decline i mean i understand that the government oh. is actually preventing Dude, food just, from coming in rapid decline the, the decline has happened they're, it's, they're, na- it's now a cesspool well that, you know i, I you know it's I, a just, septic tank. I just i just i just don't want to offend anybody in venezuela i'm still canadian oh no i feel, <laughs> I'm still, well, you know, and, and again i mean this is the problem whenever you criticize the bad everyone gets tossed in with it it's like it's like you know um the problem is, is that, you know, Venezuelans suffer the most at the hands of their Venezuelan government, you yes. know, and, and it's, it's, it's like if you criticize some of the more, uh, um, extreme elements of Islam, you're, you're attacking all Muslims. Well, the Muslims suffer at the hands of Islamic extremism more than anyone else in the world. So when you criticize the Islamic extremism, you know, you really, you're advocating on behalf of the peaceful Muslims that everyone is always carrying on about. And, and this is the problem. It's, it's actually, it's the whole white privilege thing that is uncomfortable with itself to the point that it wants to treat Muslims and it wants to treat, uh, uh, 
uh, people of color uh, as if they're children that need to be cared for by us, as if there's some somehow some kind of superiority there. It's ridiculous. You know, uh, these these people are perfectly capable of understanding what the problems are in their own cultures, and they need to be supported and backed, not not criticized Mm -hmm. so you know this this jerk who went into a mosque and and shot uh, a whole bunch of uh, people you know uh, some of those people may have been extremists but the most of them weren't and so he targeted a whole bunch of people who were innocent and you know and that's inexcusable and and this is what goes on uh, not only with violent acts like this but also with um, uh, philosophical discussions you know everyone's getting thrown aside and everyone's grabbing for the for the extreme position you know if you if you don't like uh, unrestricted migration you're a Nazi and and I mean that's it's ridiculous it's just it's stupid absolutely and 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 I'd like to point out that some of the biggest critics (laughs) critics of Islam are Muslims uh, people, that, people that have seen firsthand the Imam, atrocities Imam that occur. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it it doesn't make you a bad person. No. It doesn't make you a bad person to 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 completely denounce extremism, right? And to 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 decry violence and to denounce right uh, acts acts of deplorable, despicable violence uh, leveled against other human beings. I, like, I, I don't have a racist, bigoted bone in my body, but I'll tell you something. I will not ever accept terrorism as being the norm, being healthy. No. I, I, don't, I don't support it. Uh, I think that anybody who thinks that any element of extremism uh, as it relates to, you know, to terrorist acts, anybody who supports that is an asshole. Well, and anyone, anyone who gets too high up in their, you know, again, on their high horses. I mean, you know, it wasn't all that long ago that Ireland was ripped in half by idiots bombing churches and killing each other in the streets and kneecapping one another and all this over, you know, whose magic friend in the sky was more important. Like, come on, like, you know, this is not the way we treat each other. And, and, uh, we have to be smarter than that. Well, well, certainly, certainly, we're making efforts to get the word out to as many people as possible. Love, uh, love that everybody out there has been listening in. We appreciate all your support. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us uh, on YouTube and on Instagram and on Facebook, and continue to spread the message that we uh, we share here. The legitimate firearm community has never been part of the problem. We are going to continue to fight uh, for your rights and spread the positive message about uh, legal firearm ownership and Canadian freedom. Brian, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Mark. All right, always great having you here. And Canada, don't forget to shoot straight and stay safe.